Verse number 52. فَلَمَّا أَحَسَّ عِيسَى مِنْهُمُ الْكُفْرَ Then when Isa salam he felt disbelief from them. He sensed kufr from the people. Isa salam he came to the Bani Israel and when he came to them, he invited them to reform themselves because he confirmed the truthfulness of Torah. So he basically revived the Sharia of Musa salam. He revived the message of the Torah that the Bani Israel had forgotten. And remember that Isa did not bring a new religion to the Bani Israel. He just revived the religion of Musa salam. So basically, his purpose was to reform the Bani Israel. His purpose was to reform the Bani Israel. However, the process of reformation, what does it mean? That our mistakes are pointed out. We are told about our faults. Correct? We are told that we are doing this wrong, that wrong, and we need to fix ourselves, we need to improve ourselves. Correct? But when the Bani Israel were told about the things they had to change in themselves, about the problems they had to fix, obviously they did not like that. So what happened? What was the reaction that they showed of kufr, of disbelief? And Isa salam he came with very clear miracles and anyone who was to see those miracles could tell that he was not a liar. Now if you make a point very clear to a person, very, very clear. You show them the proofs, you show them the evidences, you make it very clear to them, still they don't accept, still they don't believe. Then what can you do? What can you do then? What would you do? Hmm? If you were to explain the truth to someone, tell them very clearly, give them the proofs and evidences, still they don't accept, what can you do? Can you force them to accept? You cannot force them. Right? And... The thing is that in the Bani Israel, there were all sorts of people. Okay? Because they claimed to be believers. So there were all sorts of people. People who had iman, people who had nifaq, people who were truthful, people who were honest, people who were dishonest. So there were all sorts of people. And Isa salam, when he made the truth clear to the Bani Israel, yet they did not accept, then he made a call. And what was that? that who is going to be my helper? Who is with me and who is against me? Who is it that is going to believe and who is it that is going to disbelieve? فَلَمَّا أَحَسَّ عِيسَى مِنْهُمُ الْكُفْرَ قَالَ مَنْ أَنصَارِي إِلَى اللَّهِ He said, who will be my helper to Allah? This is just like the Prophet ﷺ. He was in Makkah for a very long time. How long? For 13 years. But then after that, he left the people of Makkah and he migrated to Medina. Likewise, Isa salam, up until a certain point, he called the Bani Israel, he reminded them, he reformed them, he tried his best. But when Ahassa, he felt from them disbelief, he knew that these people are not going to change, then he separated himself from the Bani Israel. And then he called out that who is with me and who is not. So that the believers are separated from the disbelievers. Those who believe in Isa are separated from those who do not believe in him. And notice the word ahassa. Ahassa is from the root letters ha, seen, seen. And his 
is used for a sense. So for example, your sense of hearing, your sense of seeing. You have different senses. And ahassa, yuhissu, ihsas, is to perceive something through your senses. If you've perceived something through your senses, then are you certain about it? If somebody were to tell you, I saw such and such, you're like, okay, you never know. What if they're lying? But if you see with your own eyes, then are you certain about it? Are you certain? Yes. So ihsas, ahasa is to feel, to perceive something through one's senses and to develop certainty about it. That you're very, very sure that it is real, it is true, it did happen. So Isa salam, he didn't just assume that the people were not believing. No, he sensed it. He saw it. He witnessed it. How did he witness their disbelief? How was he so certain about their kufr? How? Obviously when they rejected him at his face, when they called him a liar, when they opposed him, it was very clear that they disbelieved in him, they rejected him. So, فَلَمَّا أَحَسَّ عِيسَى مِنْهُمُ الْكُفْرَ And also, remember Zakariya he had a son, Yahya and inshallah we will learn more about him in Surah Maryam. But one of the things that Yahya did was that he confirmed the truthfulness of Isa He was a supporter. The Bani Israel, they actually killed Yahya And they killed Zakariya as well. They killed the prophets of Allah who supported Isa Now imagine if they killed the prophets who were supporting Isa you think they didn't want to kill Isa Of course they did. So it was obvious kufr. It was very clear. There was no doubt about the disbelief of the Bani Israel. They did not believe in Isa So when he sensed that, when he knew it, that these people are not going to believe, then he made an announcement. Qala he said, Man ansari ilallah. Who is going to be my helper? Ilallah. To Allah. Man ansari ilallah. The word ansari, my helpers, the ya at the end indicates me, my. And the word ansar is the plural of nasir. And who is nasir? One who helps the other. One who assists the other. So he said, who will be my helpers to Allah? What does it mean by this? My helpers to Allah? I mean, how do you understand this? Ilah to, over here, is pragaya. To show the eventual goal, the purpose, the objective that who will be my helper so that we can get to Allah. We can get to the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the fact is that when a person helps someone in deen, okay, when a person is supporting another person in the cause of the deen, then they're not actually helping that individual. They're not helping that person. Who are they supporting? What are they supporting? The religion of Allah, the cause of Allah. And what is the purpose? Why would a person help another in the cause of the deen? Why? What do you want to get out of the other person? That he's going to give you money? No. That he's going to praise you? He's going to thank you? Because of them, you're going to become someone special? No. What's the purpose? That you will come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
the companions who helped the Prophet ﷺ, why did they help him? Because they believed that he was God? No way. They believed that the Prophet ﷺ could make them rich? No. They believed that if they supported him, then they could become very successful people? The thing is, the reason why they supported him was to earn the pleasure of Allah. So man ansari ila Allah to Allah, ila over here shows the eventual outcome, the goal, the purpose, the reason behind helping another for the cause of Allah. And that is to get to the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this shows that when we're helping someone in the cause of Allah, then what should be our intention? Ikhlas, sincerity for the cause of Allah. To earn His pleasure, to come closer to Him. So Isa made it very clear, if someone's supporting me, they're not gonna get any benefit from me, they're going to get benefit from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if somebody's supporting me, they should not do it for my sake, they should do it for whose sake? The sake of Allah. So, قَالَ مَنْ أَنصَارِي إِلَى اللَّهِ Who will be my helper for the cause of Allah? قَالَ الْحَوَارِيُّونَ The حَوَارِيُّونَ They replied that نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ We are the helpers of Allah. آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ We believe in Allah. وَاشْهَدْ And you bear witness. Meaning, O Isa salam, you bear witness بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ That indeed we submit to him. Now notice, he asked all of the Bani Israel, مَنْ أَنصَارِ إِلَى اللَّهِ But who replied? All of them. Everyone responded. No, only a few people responded. And who were they? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls them Hawariyun. They were the Hawariyun. Hawariyun is a plural of Hawari. And Hawari is from the root letters Hawara. And Hawar is used for whiteness. The whiteness of something. For example, in a verse of poetry, it is said, إِنَّ الْعُيُونَ الَّتِي فِي طَرَفِهَا حَوَرٌ Meaning a lover is basically describing the eyes of his beloved. And he's saying the eyes at the borders of which is whiteness. Meaning the whiteness is extremely white. Basically very beautiful eyes. So hawar is whiteness. And hawari, hawariyun, they were the disciples of Isa a.s., his followers, his supporters. But the question is why were they called hawariyun? Why not another name? What is the connection with pure whiteness? The connection is that some scholars said that they were called Hawariyun because of the sincerity of their hearts. Because of the purity of their intention. Because of the righteousness that these people had. Because when a person commits a sin, then what happens on the heart? What do we learn from the hadith? A black spot a black mark appears on the heart. And when a person sins more, then what happens? That blackness increases. And as a person keeps sinning, that blackness increases. It keeps increasing until the entire heart becomes black. Right? And on the other hand, when a person does something good, when a person obeys Allah, then what happens? Then his heart is clear. It is pure. This is just like if you have your white hijab, your uniform hijab, When you're having pizza, you're not that careful, and the pizza sauce or whatever, the food, that samosa chutney, it falls on your hijab. If you're not that careful, what's going to happen? You're going to have 
one stain, another stain, and then another stain. Correct? And if you don't clean it, it's going to become so dirty, it's going to have so many stains on it that you're not going to be able to wear it. So likewise, when we commit sin, our hearts become dirty. But when we are careful, when we commit righteousness, then our hearts are clean. So they were called Hawariyun. Why? Because they had clean hearts. You know when you say about a person, she has such a clean heart. What do you mean by that? She's so nice. Why else would you describe someone with a clean heart? That they don't keep any grudges, right? Jealousy, any kind of hatred against someone, any kind of bad feeling against someone. Rather very honest, very pure, very sincere, very dedicated, very friendly. So this is who a Hawari is. So they are called Hawariyun because they were very sincere, very righteous believers. And they were sincere in the help that they offered to Isa salam, In the support that they gave him. Very sincere people. So they were the chosen sincere companions of Isa salam. Another reason that the scholars have given is that they were called Hawariyun because... They were, by profession, bleachers of clothes. So they were launderers, meaning people who did laundry for others. So they made other people's clothes clean. That was their profession. Okay? So it is said that Isa salam once he told them, that why do you wash clothes? I'll teach you how to wash hearts. Meaning leave this work that you're doing, come focus on other important things in life. Let's focus on the purpose of our lives. This is just like someone's obsessed with cleaning their house and cleaning their clothes and cleaning this and cleaning that. And I'm not saying it's not nice to clean your house. It's very important, very nice. But that should not be your ultimate goal in life. Okay? Because you will clean your house and it will get dirty again. It's the most unfulfilling thing that you could do in your life. The most unfulfilling. Okay? But if you focus on tazkiyah, if you focus on purifying your intention, purifying your actions, purifying your relationships, that is something that's going to benefit you for eternity. So this is one of the reasons that the scholars gave. And the thing is that Hawari from this is used for the supporter, the follower of every Prophet. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, إِنَّ لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍ حَوَارِيًّا for every prophet were hawari. Meaning every prophet of Allah had supporters. Had sincere, honest supporters. And he said, And my hawari is Zubair. My honest, sincere supporter is Zubair. So, the hawariyun said, نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ We are the helpers of Allah. We, none other than us. We're not waiting for anyone else to come forward. No, we, نحن أنصار الله. We are going to help Allah. Now does Allah need our help? No, He doesn't. But then why is it said that we are the helpers of Allah? That we are going to help the religion of Allah, the cause of Allah. And they said, آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ We believe in Allah. وَاشْهَدْ And Isa salam, you bear witness بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ That indeed we are those who submit. Meaning we submit to Allah, we submit to His commands, we submit to His orders. We submit wholeheartedly, fully. Now, notice over here that the Hawariyun, instead of saying that we are your supporters, what did they say? We are whose supporters? 
Allah's supporters. Instead of saying, we are the supporters of this mission, of this cause, of this individual, of this institute, of this masjid, of this whatever, they said, we are the supporters of Allah. And this should be very clear in the heart, in the mind of any person who works for the deen. Any kind of work they're doing for the deen. Whether they're studying or teaching, helping in the organization or the management or whatever. Any kind of work you are doing, whether it's volunteer or paid, any kind of work you are doing for the cause of Allah. Remember, you are whose ansar? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are helping the cause of Allah. You are working for Allah. Who is your boss? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is your employer? He. Who is the one whom you should expect reward from? Him, not anyone else. And the Hawariyun, they said the same thing. We are the helpers of Allah. And like I mentioned earlier, when we're helping a cause, when we're helping a person, when we're helping an individual, an institute, a masjid, an organization, whatever it may be, the organization is in front of us, the person is in front of us, but in reality we are helping who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are serving Him. We are His servants. And when a person remembers that, then his ego doesn't come in the way. Then he doesn't feel, oh why am I being given this work? I'm deserving of more. I'm capable of doing some other work. I should be given that work. Since these people don't appreciate me, I'm walking away. And then a person loses a great opportunity. But the thing is that when a person realizes I'm helping the cause of Allah, then whatever work he is given, then he accepts it. Then he does it. Doesn't mean he's wasting his talents? Not necessarily. Because if you have your niya clear in your heart that you want to help the cause of Allah, you have it clear in your heart that you are working for Allah, then who is your employer? Allah is, right? Then He will give you tawfiq to do more and better. He will let you go up the ladder. So they said, نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ We are the helpers of Allah. And the thing is that Calling yourself the helper of Allah, Allah's helper, this attribution, okay, helper of Allah, this attribution is attribution of honor. Meaning if someone is called helper of Allah, then this is actually praise for that person, a source of honor for him. This is just like a person could be the secretary of someone who owns a gas station, okay, or of someone who is the owner of a house, so they're just working you know, under them, let's say managing all their bills or managing their children and working as a nanny. Okay? Likewise, a person could be the secretary of someone who owns a multi-millionaire company. Someone could be a secretary of the president. Okay? The higher the one is, whose secretary you are, whose helper you are, the higher your status is. So when someone is called the helper of Allah, the supporter of Allah, Allah, the king of the kings, then this is actually an honor for him. This is actually praise for that person. And this is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls us in Surah Al-Saf, ayah number 14, that, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُونُوا أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ That, O oh, you who have believed, be Ansar Allah, be helpers of Allah. 
support the deen of Allah. كَمَا قَالَ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمَ لِلْحَوَارِيِّينَ مَنْ أَنصَارِ إِلَى اللَّهِ Just as Isa a.s. he said to the Hawariyin that who will be my helper in the cause of Allah. قَالَ الْحَوَارِيُّونَ نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ The Hawariyun responded that we are the helpers of Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He invites us that be Ansarullah. Be Ansarullah. You know, we take so much pride in being supporters of a cause, you know, in working for a particular mission or cause, or whatever it may be. People are so passionate about their jobs. People are so passionate about their work. I mean, you look at real estate agents, they're so passionate about buying and selling. I mean, it's only houses. You look at people who do renovations, they're so passionate about renovating houses. Isn't it so? You look at people who design clothes and they're so passionate about designing clothes. You look at people who are, you know, making furniture, they're so passionate about it. Isn't it? They feel as if they're doing the best thing in the world. But what is the best thing in the world? Being Ansarullah. Helping the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So قَالَ الْحَوَارِيُّونَ نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ How many people were they? It is said that there were only 12 in number. There were only 12 individuals. Now imagine, Isa salam called out to who? All of the Bani Israel. And who responded to him? 12 people. Not 100, not 200, not 50, not 20. 12. Only 12. But yet we see that because of the sincerity, the honesty, the dedication of these people, despite all the opposition they faced, what happened? They were successful in their mission. They were successful in their mission. And inshallah we will learn about that. That they did take the message to so many people. Yes, the message got corrupted on the way, but they didn't stop. So sometimes we get discouraged that we're so few. We're only this many. But never get discouraged. So they said, we are the helpers of Allah. Another important thing we learn here is that Isa salam when he faced the opposition, he didn't say, okay, let me just deal with this myself. Hmm? No, he called out for help. Does this mean that he was being weak in his trust and his faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. Because the thing is that one person alone can only accomplish a little bit. But when you have people with you, when you have supporters with you, then what happens? you are more successful in your work. You are more successful in your work. The job gets done much better. It's accomplished as well. And it gets done more properly. So in other words, teamwork is something that is important or not important? How? Why? If you're doing something alone, isn't that better? Nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to waste your time. Nobody's going to criticize what you're doing. Just do it yourself. If you do everything yourself without the help of others, what's going to happen? You're going to get tired and you're going to give up. One person is going to criticize and you'll say, forget it. You'll have so many plans, but you will not be able to execute them. Why? Because you are alone. So what is necessary? To connect with people. To work with people. But what happens with us? The moment we don't get along with other people, we say, cut, 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 forget it. I can't deal with people. I'll do it myself. The thing is that when a person is alone, then what happens? Then shaitan attacks him more. Okay? Because when a person is alone, then he hears 
his own thoughts and sometimes shaitan whispers in his words into that. And then you cannot distinguish between what feelings you should be having and what feelings you should not be having. What thoughts you should be having and what thoughts you should not be paying any attention to. Right? He confuses you. But when you're surrounded by good company, when you're surrounded by people who are on the same track, then what happens? They are a source of motivation for you. Now think about it. If you were to be doing this course by yourself, sitting in front of a computer, listening to recordings. I'm not talking about a live class, I'm talking about recordings. Yourself. Okay? There's no test you have to take. No one who's going to listen to your lesson. No one who's going to mark your attendance. No one is going to make sure you cover two lessons every week. No one. You're just doing it yourself. Then what's going to happen? No motivation. You're going to listen to half a lecture. You'll fall asleep. You'll say, I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow comes, and halfway through the day you remember, you say, okay, I'll listen to it at the end of the day. And then the next day, you don't even remember. And the day after, you don't even remember. And two weeks later, you say, oh, I was supposed to listen to those lectures. And I didn't. So, what happens is that when we're working with other people, there is motivation, there is accountability, right? People push you along the way, they take you with themselves, so at the end, you get work done. This is the benefit of working with others. But if we think that, no, I'm not going to work with others, I can work myself too, then you know what? You're not going to work for very long. Sooner or later, you're going to realize that you're doing nothing, that you're not accomplishing anything. So Isa salam, he called out to the Hawariyun. He needed a team. He needed people around him. So he asked for help. مَنْ أَنصَارِي إِلَى اللَّهِ قَالَ الْحَوَارِيُّونَ نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَشْهَدْ بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ They submitted to Allah. Because yes, they were helping Isa a.s. But Isa a.s. was not their God. Who was still their God? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they said, رَبَّنَا آمَنَّا بِمَا أَنزَلْتَ They said, O oh, our Lord, we believe in what you have sent down. O oh, our Lord, whatever that you have revealed... Any command, any scripture, any revelation, whether it is a Torah or the Injil, or it is a book that you're going to send later, any revelation that you have sent, Amanna, we believe in it. Meaning we believe in everything that you've sent down. This was the belief of who? Of those people who believed in Isa salam. Such a belief that was correct. And this is the kind of belief that we are supposed to have as well. Are we required to believe in Torah, in Injil? Yes. Are we required to believe in the Qur'an, in every scripture that was sent? Yes. In all of it or in part of it? All of it. So, رَبَّنَا آمَنَّا بِمَا أَنزَلْتَ They said, we believe in all that you've sent down. وَاتَّبَعْنَا الرَّسُولِ And we have followed the messenger. Meaning we follow Isa salam. Whatever he will tell us, we will follow. Now what does this mean? That, oh Allah, whatever you've sent down, we believe in that. In other words, any command that you send, we're going to follow that. And secondly, we follow the messenger. So any command that comes from the messenger, we're going to follow that as well. أَطِيعُ اللَّهِ وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولِ Obey Allah and obey the messenger. وَاتَّبَعْنَ rasul. And this is the quality of who? أَنصَارُ this is the characteristic of who? The helpers of Allah. That they obey Allah, they obey the messenger. They obey the leader. فَاكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ 
so you write us along with those who bear witness. Meaning, uktubna, kitaba from writing, write our name, write our name in the list of who? In the list of shahideen. Shahideen is a plural of shahid. And who is shahid? One who bears witness. So, in other words, make us, consider us to be of the same group. Which group? Shahidi. Now, who are the shahideen? Those who bear witness. Who bear witness to what? To the truthfulness of the messengers of Allah. How can you bear witness that a messenger is true? When you believe in him. When you believe in what he has brought. When you obey him. So shahideen refers to all the people who believed in the prophets who were sent. Whether it was those people who believed in Nuh at his time, or it was the people who believed in Ibrahim or it was the people who believed in Musa or it was the few people who believed in Yunus or any prophet of Allah, or the people who were to believe in Muhammad So all the people who believe in the messengers, who testify, who bear witness to their truthfulness, then who are they? Shahideen. Regardless of which era, which time, which country they came in. فَكْتُبْنَا shahideen. Make us of those people. Write our name in those people. It has also been said that shahideen, it refers to the ummat of Muhammad wasallam. Why are they called shahideen? We learned earlier in Surah Baqarah, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ The Muslim ummah is to bear witness against or for all of mankind. That if they believed in their messengers or they did not believe in the messengers. So, فَكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ You know, it may happen with you that you find out that a group of people, you know, they went somewhere, they did something, and you really want to be with them. You really want to be with them. Why? Because you love them or you love what they're doing. So it's as though you can picture yourself amongst them. Can you? Does it ever happen with you? Can you ever picture yourself in the group of people whom you really want to be with? Or at least, even if you can't picture yourself, you wish that you were one of them. Right? You wish that you were one of them. Imagine your whole family is traveling. And your father sends the names of all of the family members of the travel agent that please reserve tickets for all of them. But you're not going, so your name is not in that list. How would you feel? So sad. And you wish that your name was also in that list. You know, recently my sister, she sent me a photo of some of my relatives who were traveling somewhere. And um, I felt, oh, I'm not there. I was there with them, you know, just a few weeks ago. And now they're traveling here, they're going here, and I'm not with them. And I was wishing that, you know, somehow I could be with them. Somehow I could join them. But I know I can't. Right? So likewise, we see that these disciples of Isa salam, they had so much love for all the people who believed in the prophets, even if there were people who were to come much after them, that they say, Oh Allah, write our name in that list. Consider us to be of them. فَكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ And if it refers to the Ummah of Muhammad wasallam, then this shows that Isa wasallam very clearly told the people about the coming of the last messenger. Okay? He told them very clearly of the coming of the last messenger. We learn in Surah Saf, Ayah 6, that, وَإِذْ قَالَ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمَ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ 
that O Bani Israel, indeed I'm a messenger of Allah to you, مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيَّ مِنَ التَّوْرَاةِ وَمُبَشِّرًا بِرَسُولٍ يَأْتِي مِنْ بَعْدِ I have also come to give you the good news of a messenger who's going to come after me. So, the people who believed in Isa salam they knew very clearly about the coming of the last messenger. So they say, فَاكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ And the thing is, that الْمَرْءُ مَعَ مَنْ أَحَبَّ A person is with those whom he loves. Even if they are miles apart or years apart, it doesn't matter. Those whom you love, you are with them in your thoughts. فَاكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ Now, you notice over here that the disciples, they say three things in this verse. The first thing they say is that, Oh Allah, we believe in what you have revealed. Secondly, they say, we follow the messenger. And thirdly, فَاكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ Now, it teaches a very, very important thing. That in order to be successful Ansarullah, there are three things that are very, very important. What are they? First of all, Iman. Secondly, following the messenger. And thirdly, Suhbatul Akhyar, righteous company. The company of good people. All three things are necessary. Iman, righteous good deeds. How? By following the messenger. And thirdly, righteous company. And righteous company means teamwork, all of that. If these three things, a person does them, then he will be successful inshallah. But if any one of them is missing, then will he be successful? No. If a person tries to help the religion of Allah, but he doesn't have iman, is that going to make him successful? Is his effort going to make him successful? We see that the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Talib, he helped the Prophet ﷺ so much, but he did not believe. So will he go to Jannah? No, because he didn't believe. So helping the religion without iman is useless. Then again, following the Prophet ﷺ, is that important? Yes, it is. And then finally, righteous company. That is also very important. All these three are necessary. Let's listen to the recitation. رَبَّنَا آمَنَّا بِمَا أَنزَلْتَ وَاتَّبَعْنَا الرَّسُولَ فَاكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ When the mushrikeen of Makkah persecuted the Prophet ﷺ, as I mentioned earlier, he stayed there for 13 years calling the people to Allah. But when he didn't receive any positive feedback, then what happened? He went to Ta'if. Why did he go to Ta'if? To ask for help. That who will give the Prophet ﷺ protection? Because this was after the death of his uncle. That who will give him protection so that he could convey the message of Allah. But you know what happened in Ta'if. He was rejected from there. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he went around at the time of Hajj season when the tribes from all over Arabia were in Makkah for Hajj. The Prophet ﷺ would go to them 
and he would ask, "Man rajulun yuwini hatta ubaliga kalam Rabbi." Who is that person who can give me shelter, meaning who can give me protection, asylum, so that I can convey the word of my Lord? For inna Qurayshin qad manaruni an ubaliga kalam Rabbi, because for indeed the Quraysh they are preventing me from conveying the kalam of my Lord, the word of my Lord. So the Prophet ﷺ went around asking that who will help me, who will be on my side, who will support me, until he found who, who did he find, who supported him, who helped him, who said come to us, migrate to us, who did he find, the Ansar of Medina, isn't that so? So the Prophet ﷺ also went asking for help until he found the Ansar of Medina. And they were given the term, the title Ansar. When we refer to them, we don't refer to them as Aus and Khazraj, we refer to them as Ansar, those who helped the religion. So the Prophet ﷺ, then he migrated to Medina and he conveyed the message. So Isa ﷺ also, he asked for help. This does not mean that he had lack of trust in Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not helping him. No, Allah was helping him. But the thing is that Allah helps people, how? Through means. Okay? And sometimes those means are who? People who are around us. So that's why it's necessary that we surround ourselves with good people. Because they can be our helpers and supporters. You know, a believer is like the mirror of another believer. When you are surrounded by people who are not practicing the religion, then what happens? You don't even realize that there is bad vocabulary that you're using. But when you're surrounded by righteous people, then what happens? You're careful about even the words you're choosing. The way you're dressing up. You know, I've noticed that people walk differently, people behave differently in front of some individuals and in front of other individuals. Sometimes righteous company can have such a huge impact on you that we can completely transform. So this is why righteous company is very, very important. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.